Hello, welcome to Behind the Geeks. We are Sans Nigel and Sans Richard Tub this week. Um, trying a new time zone just because it falls in line with kind of kids' food time, I think, for Nigel, unfortunately. So this may or may not be our new time zone going forward and, and time slots. And hopefully Andrew will be joining us on some more shows as well. And Rich will be back next week, I think he is. He's on some yes. hack, which we were discussing, whether a hack is a horse riding thing or a technical hacking thing or some other hack that I don't understand the wording for. Not sure. But yeah, so this week we are we are talking about growing your list because growing your list is something that is basically the, the biggest thing of all things you should be doing is growing a list, maintaining the list, segmenting the list. There's just so much stuff we can talk about. And I guess first off will be worth talking about the growth part because that's actually getting names onto the list. So um, so first of all, I guess, welcome Andrew for his first show on the uh, kind of Behind the Geek show. So welcome, I, Andrew. I thought about doing an Australian accent, but I think I would offend <laughs> a lot of people. Um, so I will I will sans the Australian accent. You're going to get it just a, instead of the orange hair, you're going to get an orange mic, orange headphones, different level of orange. So, yeah, I'm super excited but, to be part of Perhaps for those here. that, I mean, everyone probably knows Andrew already, but for those that don't, who are you and where have you come from and why is everything orange? You know, orange stuck with me like late running my last MSP. I like everybody else ran my own MSP and orange stuck and it's branding. I found that it was the easiest level of branding because people know when we showed up in orange shirts and black pants, they knew who we were and people would send me stuff that was orange all the time. You know, either social media post. Actually, this microphone cover came from somebody who's watched my show. Uh, Chris Tim sent that to me. So, but yeah, it's it's just kind of to me, it's the color of a good mood. You can't be in a good mood and look at orange. It's just my opinion. It's funny how bright colors stand out. There was, um, I think it was was it Datocon. There was one MSP that they they wore bright orange T-shirts. I think they were like a Netherlands MSP maybe, and they were having some very heavy nights out after Datocon. Uh, everyone knew who they were because of the bright orange shirts, and there was like twenty of them at Datocon. It was it was nuts. <laughs> yeah, just something about it. Like I said, it's just I still get people I've connected with through social media who'll see something orange and just message me with it. So, but yeah, so easy, easy so, branding, branding tip for the day. Just pick a color. Nobody's going <laughs> to know your logo. Just find a color that resonates. Yes, yeah, so Scott, you've got your, is it kind of red and blue and yellow? Is it? Yeah, yeah. We have, we have like the four colors in the logo and we try to just use those as much as possible. The red is like a very, very bright pinky red. So we tend to use that a lot to draw out. And again, it, it stands out from the usual tech is blue kind of color. So yeah, so we, we go with that very bright pink or um, like a really, really harsh yellow. It's, it's, it's bright. <laughs> We went through various iterations of, similar to Andrew, orange, I think. And then we kind of went like a purple as an alternate color to the orange and went to black and then settled on dark gray. It's kind of those, uh, yeah, trying to stand out a little bit. And then, we, you, you know, if you're using orange, you can send like fluorescent orange envelopes in the post. There's loads of stuff you can do with that. Yeah, we but, did um, that with our newsletters. Everybody who got we <laughs> knew what day our newsletter was in the mail, uh, a bright orange envelope. But anyway, actually, it kind of relates to what we're talking about. In terms of growing your list... What are, well, are you guys growing your list and what are you currently doing to grow your list? If anything, Scott, do you want to go? Oh, great. Pick me first because I'm hot garbage <laughs> at this. I'm really bad at this. Um, do you have I, a CRM? Yes. We, <laughs> yes. Look, I have a mailing platform. <laughs> I have I have many. We use Active Campaign. I'm going to go with that. So we use that as our mailing list platform our mail automation platform um we do build lists in there uh and so we use that mainly for the segregation but i think that's that's a related part in terms of growing it ah i'm not great at this part um so obviously we have existing clients and we have them segregated into whether they take managed services or just licenses. We have the whole uh, masterclass that we launched. And so we have a full set of automation for you know who's the main subscriber, who's like the account and billing manager, and then who are all the additional users that get added and they get segregated into different bits so we can keep them up to date and say, hey, you know, cool, we've added 100 new videos or whatever, and just keep people informed. But in terms of building that list for prospecting, <gasps> we, I... Me, I, I'm terrible at this. And so when I saw the topic for this week, I was like, boy, am I, I'm going to learn a lot and maybe be the voice of experience from the audience who are really not good at this. Um, 
but we don't like i think we we talked on a previous episode about whether you should like buy in lists of data you know and and you know the general resounding experience was bad from people that had done that and so it was more like if you're not going to go and just buy data how on earth do you go and and harvest this stuff how do you go and find all the right people you know is it linkedin campaigning is it advertising and and i suspect it's you know it's a combination of different tactics but for us we've only populated our lists with people that we actually do business with or that we've you know maybe come across in a prospective scenario other than that it's a pretty quiet list so <laughs> i'll slowly sink into the background as the someone who doesn't know what they're on about on this well, one. No, to, to be fair you've pointed out there's there's two things there there's of course growing the list and trying to build the list but there's the thing that you're doing already which is having your existing clients maybe some existing prospects in a crm system and using that for something, because that's some a massive piece that a lot of people don't do of you know, outreach when you've got new updates or new things have happened or sending the latest news or just whatever it might be. And of course, we can get onto the segregation part as well, so you can kind of communicate things. Uh, but, the, but that in itself is a massive part that people just, just completely miss out on, even though they've got a CRM system in place. The um, In terms of building it, I'll be honest, I was really bad at it when I had my MSP as well. It's one of those things that falls down the list of, uh, ah, we don't really need, we're so busy, we don't need to do that. We'll just kind of get on with the things we need to do. Um, But I know Andrew has a very useful course, not I'm trying to flog his course, um, but actually Andrew's probably got some very good insights on how to use specifically LinkedIn uh, for the kind of the lead growth and generation. So um, yeah, tell us more, please. Educate us. Two things there. I I was right where you guys were at for the majority of my MSP life um, until I got serious about marketing, which was the last couple of years that I ran my MSP. But I did like what everybody else did. It was just we're so busy. I don't have time to really build a list. But I, everything that, that I teach in, with LinkedIn now and, you know, we've got some tribers on here. Uh, say, say hi to Joe. Uh, he's got access to my LinkedIn course right in the tribe. Um, you've also got access to the new course that is a follow-up to that, which is ties into exactly what we're talking about today, which is the 30-day MSP growth map. And that's all about how do you get the lead in the first place. And I try, I think I compl- overcomplicated link, you know, marketing period for a long time until I really understood that there's only three, three variables with marketing. You got to capture a lead in the first place. You got to convert them into a sale and then you create fans. And I think that ties into Sagat's is creating fans is after you've got that customer. How do we, how do we create more and how do we get them to bring us more? And there's a process for that. There's, you, you have to be systematic with that. But where I fell down, like with everybody else is how do you capture a lead in the first place? And that was the hard part. And if you look at, I challenge at MSPs right now, and I, we do this, I'm sure you do as well, uh, Pete, with coaching. If I go to your website right now, is there any way for me to give you my information on your website and get something in return? Besides call us for an assessment mm. or call us for this. There really isn't. And I think that that is like, that's the main stumbling block. If you don't have any way for me to give you my information to even get something in return, you're never going to get a lead or prospect or whatever you want to call it. You're not going to be able to start that nurturing process to convert somebody from just looking around into a customer. And that that's the challenge. Um, so how do you get them to put in their data to start with? Because this is the fun that I'm kind of going through now with coaching and my YouTube stuff as, as well. But it's something I notice a lot with MSPs is that in terms of um, like collateral, like lead gen material, yep. it's normally the same kind of stuff that people put out. Um, you know, it's the the buyer's guide. It's the how to mi- how you know how to migrate to a new IT provider with no downtime. It's all these kind of things that to to me they. Whilst they're great and, yes, legitimately useful information, it feels to me like if I'm going to download that, I know what you're going to do is trying to sell me your services because that's basically what it is. You're giving me a reason why I can move over to you. So I think that, and this is probably the the difficult thing that maybe we can get some comments from the audience as well of what do you think is some good lead gen material that's not just trying to flog your stuff to to your clients, but actual valuable thing and this is something I, you know, do with my videos and with the YouTube stuff. And I always feel like it should be, it should feel awkward. And maybe you're sharing a little bit too much because it's stuff you might, you know, maybe might charge for. You want to give that value away. 
so that actually there's a reason for people to, you know, enter their details, to sign up your mailing list or, or whatever it's going to be. Yep. So what is that thing? What, what's that tangible thing or template or product, or whatever it is that you could give away for free? What I found, the simpler, the better. People like checklists and people like to be, to have something that they can do in a very short period of time. And I've got my, my number one lead generator for us is my 10 things your business should be doing on LinkedIn. 10 things an MSP should be doing on LinkedIn. It's the exact same thing. It's two different eBooks directed at two different markets. Okay. And it's, it is literally a 10, it's 10 things you need to do. It's just a simple checklist in a PDF eBook. And that's what people want. And if somebody's going to download that, then they see, okay, then I see the hits to my website. Then I see the connections on LinkedIn from that. And all I ask for is their first name and their email address. Mm. That, that's the other thing that people get hung up. They got to, I'm not going to fill out my name, address, phone <laughs> Please number. give me your address. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and what's people, the size of your organization? What's your budget for? Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And we complicate that process. And yeah. I challenged that. And I was like, okay, I got to have all that, that information in my CRM in order to count them as a lead. And that's not true. All you basically, if some, if you make it the barrier to entry for somebody just to give you their email address as simple as possible, and they're going to get something of high value in return. If people did the 10 things that are in my ebook, you will see it's game changer. You will see your LinkedIn profile change. You will see connections change. You will start to get leads from out of nowhere. If you just do those, those simple 10 things and it's not super complicated. And seeing that's that's the thing. People want something simple they can do. It's valuable. Yeah. Now I have a way of talk, having a further conversation with them. That's when email marketing starts. That's when mm -hmm. I go. You'd be very surprised how much you can find out just from somebody's email address and their first name. <laughs> now I go look at them on LinkedIn. Now they see I checked them out on LinkedIn. Lo and behold, if, if I want to reach out, I can. But a lot of people will connect with me. Now I know they're interested. They care about who I am. Now I can start having a conversation with them. And when you get by that and just get the information in the first place, now you have a list to start building with. And, and that's one of the key things with MSPs as well, because all the, the, the clients that you're going to be building onto your list, they, they probably can't buy from you now because they're in the middle of a contract. They're trying to figure mm -hmm. things out. Maybe they're going through a tender process, whatever it might be. But this is the thing about once you've got them, so to speak, you can still market to them every month, every week. Maybe yep. there's a discussion we need to have about how often you should market to them as well to be without getting too much. But um, yeah, you, you need to be having them and be constantly in front of them so you catch them at the right moment. Either their contract's due for renewal or they've had a really bad experience and they're actually out there you know, looking for something and they come across your material and those kind of things. Yep. Well, one thing that um, when, when you kind of mentioned about the you know, first name and email address, one thing I liked about, I'm pretty sure Active Campaign's got it in, and I think HubSpot has it as well, is you can have like intelligent fields embedded on your website. So the first time they land on the form, you could ask them for their first name and email address. Yeah. But if they land on any other form on your webpage, whether it's that same one or a different one, it can skip past that and go, actually, this time, could you just tell us yep. how many staff have you got? Or just ask for those extra bits of information. Because, yeah, as you're starting to, as you add multiple questions, it's some silly statistic like you halve the amount of responses for every extra field you add. It's, it's not that, but it's something like that. Yep. So if you can kind of drip feed that along the way of keeping them coming back for more for another downloadable guide. Oh, actually, this time, yeah, tell me, what, what sector of business are you in? And you can kind of learn and build that picture up completely kind of organically and automatically through through the lead gen. But it's assuming you have a constant source of lead gen material and downloadable PDFs. And uh, out of interest, so your, your kind of LinkedIn guide, how long... Have you used that for? What, what's its like lifespan of from when you started using it? I think we've edited it a couple times, but I think I've been doing this full time in LinkedIn for since I sold in 2014. So I created that PDF, that lead generation in 2015. The the ten things have evolved just because LinkedIn. I'm just going to try and put my eyebrows down because <laughs> yeah, but but I just I leave it and you know it works. I get leads every single week people who will fill out that form and now I can start having a conversation with them. Wow. And how long did it take you to build that initial 10 list? 
just to rub salt into Scott's wounds a little bit more. <laughs> the thing of it is, is like 10 things, like any, you can come up with 10 things for anything. And, you know, I looked at it just looking back on debriefing how I used LinkedIn and where my whole LinkedIn strategy came from. What were the 10 things that I started to do? That's what I, I documented those. You know, video wasn't a big thing on LinkedIn. That's now in my top 10 list. Um, but take 10 things that, you know, one of the, here's, if you're watching this program either live or after the fact, here are 10 things that I, again, top 10 list. I love David Letterman. What are the top th 10 things a business owner needs to do when they offboard a employee? What are the 10 things that a, and a business owner or executive needs to do when they onboard a new employee. Number one, tell their IT company ahead of time. But <laughs> exactly. yes, continue. <laughs> but, but those are the things. And the thing of it is, it doesn't have to be, it can be simple one page. Go into yeah. Canva, type the word checklist, and it'll give you a template. And then all you do is, okay, there's my 10 things, slap my logo on it, save it as a PDF. Start simple, it, you know. I'm not going to read a 50-page ebook. I'm not going to read a 10-page ebook. And I probably won't give you my information because I know I'm not going to read it. But you give me a 10 a checklist of 10 things that I can do which will be game changer for me regardless if I reach out for your services or not. The, if I do those 10 things, I'm closer to my goal of getting what I want. So so I think if you can get one or two pieces of like lead gen material and just have them up, by the sounds of things, you, you really don't need to do much with them. Um, once they're up, other than a little bit of tweaking, just just get them up and let them run. Uh, yeah. Are you doing any form of paid, like pay-per-click advertising, like anything to get traffic to those pages? Nope, never have. I never have with my MSP either. I never did paid. Um, I found that organic traffic on LinkedIn still mm. works. I still get leads for tech stuff. Yeah, I've been out of tech since 2014, the tech side of business, but I still get people will contact me that I met 10 years ago that are in a new company and they, you know, know, like, and trust me and have reached mm -hmm. out and said, Hey, you know, can you help us with our, and I just refer them off to somebody else, mm -hmm. but that's the power of it. You'll get leads. Like you said, when people are ready and have that need, you're the first person they think of. Cause I was different on LinkedIn. I was different with my marketing materials. Um, I'm going to say hi to a couple of folks that are in the chat, if you guys don't mind. Uh, we'll pop these up here. So only wants a copy of your uh, PDF, that's for sure. Yeah, I'll pop that link <laughs> in there. So it's from Joe from, actually, is that Joe? No, it's Paul. Sorry. I got Paul and let's see here. I don't know why it's covering up the names for me anyway. Uh, yeah, they disappear. When you bring it up, the, the names disappear off the screen for me. Gotcha. <laughs> Um, right, that, to, that one was Joe's tough. comment about how how about Google Ads? Is it worthy enough for anyone? I think you could use Google Ads, or you could use pay per click in general to get traffic to those pages. It just depends on targeting, it's like the main problem. Because as long as you can target in a that specific niche for location, clients, you know, sectors, staff numbers, I guess you can get a lot of that from LinkedIn. If you had you know things like Sales Navigator to pull that data off. Um, but yes, you could do it. It's something I'm actually exploring at the moment with, um, so Google, you can get to a stage on Google where, um, you can have a conversion on Google. So when something happens that you want them to do is called a conversion. And with Google, once you hit a hundred conversions within 30 days, what you can, what it then unlocks for you on Google ads is a conversion based paying for conversion. So I pay per conversion, or this is what I'm working towards. I want to pay Google when someone converts, which is like the ideal thing that you could ever want Google. I'm only going to give Google money when people do what I want them to do. Not just land on my webpage, not just kind of browse yeah. around, but they actually fill out my lead gen, they sign up for the service, they they book the call, whatever it's going to be, you can obviously drop the code in there to kind of mark what a, what a kind of confirmed uh, conversion is. But I think if you can get to that stage, that would be fantastic. The difficulty is you need to get like 100 conversions within 30 days. So it's probably only really applicable for, yeah, maybe not newsletter signups, filling in forms, maybe booking in calls if you're really going heavy on, you know, trying to trying to get 100 people to book a call. But um, yeah, it's, it's quite tough to get to that level of Google conversions. Otherwise, you are literally just going yeah, location. I mean, with Google stuff like married or not married, 
what do you earn? Most people, it doesn't know. So it's in the not specified category. You're just trying to figure out what kind of filters you've got on, yeah, on Facebook marketing, on LinkedIn marketing. I think it's, you get a few more options on the LinkedIn marketing with the whole kind of sales navigator um, yep. filtering on there. But um, it's, it's very difficult. I think with, with uh, as with anything, the more time and probably more money you throw at something, the more success you will have, but it's consistency. The more you stick at it, the better you get at it. And then you'll tweak and learn as you go along, really. Yeah. That's what I was going to say about uh, Google Ads. We did some some great experimentation with it that, that really did pay off when we were trying to grow, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, subscribers on the YouTube channel. And what we found was, look, we're not doing anything with with Google Ads today. Um, we know it's like a, a long, you know, process to to build up that interest and get it right and target it correctly. But we're not doing anything today. So why don't we just start? And we kind of had it set to like, like no more than a cup of coffee per day was the budget. But just let's try and get the targeting and see what hits and see what matches. Because right now, like we were doing no Google ads and we were getting no leads. So even if we could start and then just, just let it tick away in the background, you know, a cup of coffee a day pretty much is the expense. And then we could come back 30 days later and say, okay, we've tried. What was working? Which people were engaging? Which audiences did it hit? Which segments? Okay, now we can kind of customize that and learn for the next 30 days. But it's kind of like a background process for us because if we, it was one of those things, if we, if we looked at it and said, well, I want to get it perfect day one, so I'm going to put $10,000 aside and I'm going to go and smash Google ads. Well, I would definitely spend $10,000, that's for sure. <laughs> but I, I, I still would only have maybe the same 30 days to learn something. Whereas we kind of preferred to go with the slow and steady. And I know that's boring in MSPs because I want all the leads now and I want all the new customers now. Um, but if, you, if we kind of go with the slow and steady, hey, we're doing nothing. So let's do something and let's learn from it and iterate and do better next month. Then that was a great way that we kind of managed to really build that up. And hey, it's, it's Robert Gibbons. Yes, hey, Robert. Robert says hi. He's joining us. I, let me see if I can get my... Oh, I can't make that work now. So I, can't. Oh. I was going to do, the, I was gonna do the, the cheer sound, but I, I can't do that on this <laughs> No, Robert has been fantastic uh, supporter. Love what, you know, I can't wait to meet in person. Same with all of you guys. I can't wait till we get back in person stuff. So, yeah, that'll be good. So with, um, once you've got the kind of clients and prospects and things in there, maybe if we move on to the what what do you do next? Because getting them in there is the first part of the challenge and probably arguably the most difficult part, getting in them in there. But um, this is, I guess, where the next stage that people get their clients, they get their prospects in there, and then without using the exclusive, like they, they F it up and they, they lose the client or they kind of let it just kind of tail off and don't do anything with it. So what does like what does the most world's best ever follow-up process or what do you do with them once you've got them in your list in your database any suggestions one of the things that that i have found is is having a drip sequence that can run without you um and that's where having some type of crm tool um by the way if you're a triber nigel's going to be rolling out growably so you guys will get your crm for free um, and it'll have all of this built in uh, one of the things that we're setting up is a campaign where somebody can download uh, their cybersecurity booklet, and when they download it, it will automatically send them a sequences of eight, I think it's eight emails that are two to three days apart, and you can set those however you want. But it is a follow-up sequence where I am trying to start that conversation. I'm trying to provide value. I'm, I'm doing things that are trying to educate more without selling. The entire goal when somebody downloads a lead magnet is you've got their attention now, how do I get them to take the next step? And for an MSP, you can't sell managed services over the phone. You can't sell managed services really on your website. You need to have a conversation to start. How do you diagnose it? How do you get to that point? Your whole goal here in that campaign is try to get them on a, you know, some type of an appointment, either over the phone or in person. Some type of, you know, where they can book a time and the tools are readily available where they can book a time on your calendar to have a further conversation. That is my whole goal in that first eight emails. And again, those are spread over two to three weeks. And as soon as somebody books an appointment on my calendar, it will pull them out of that sequence. It stops all those emails. Yeah. 
So that's where everybody misses the boat on that is you, you, you now have somebody who downloaded that lead magnet and then they don't do anything with them. You know, like you said, you have to have some way of nurturing them. And that first two to three weeks is super important. And, but that's where you educate them. Here's, here's some more things that, you know, you can get for free. Here's some education we're doing over here on our YouTube channel. Um, you know, here's what people are saying about us. All of that is about building and starting the conversation. Um, and the fact that's already done for you, like, uh, hands up, I have never, ever, ever, I think, not really ever found the time to write. <clears throat> just eight emails sounds really simple. I've never found the time to write like an eight email email sequence. Or, or you know, you look at all the kind of campaigns you start studying online of these successful email marketers, and they're like, just send them a year's worth of emails. Just line them up in this campaign, and it will email them for the rest of the year. I don't have enough time to write a year's worth of emails, so let's just skip that. Do something else that's a lot easier. But um, yeah, that's awesome that it's it's got built in. Not that I'm trying to flog the Tech Tribes course, but you know, I mean, that, that that's fantastic to have that kind of eight, eight email campaign built for you. And it's super simple. I mean, you're not writing a novel to them. All I want to do is mm. just okay, take up thirty seconds to a minute of your time. But I hit your inbox. We're starting a conversation. Then that, and like Scott said, that's what you're looking for is do they do something with that? Which one got them to click? Yeah. And, and you know, what is of interest to them? And that could be a number of different things. And then that's where having a good target market, a niche market, it, it comes in super handy because you're talking to a specific problem that that person has. You're talking to their goals, dreams, and aspirations, not yours as an MSP. Um, and there's Speaking no tech talk whatsoever in any of those emails. So there's something I want to throw in there because this is something I've been looking at um, very, very recently, actually. So kind of going back to the the how to grow your list, uh, but also in terms of what to do with them second. So um, something I've just learned, I said just learned, I probably knew about it already. But on that first email, you send them to kind of say, you know, thank you for signing up. If you want to kind of join them to a mailing list, list or what have you, there are things you can do that will help you increase the open rates and also increase the the percentage of emails that get through to them. Simple things like, of course, you know, whitelisting, adding to your safe senders list, adding them to your contacts. So Outlook or Google or your whatever spam filters out there know that it's something they're expecting and, and want to receive. Trying to get them to reply back to that first email as well, because, again, that's adding some more trust that they're actually responding back and forth. But if you can add something in there that's that's almost like, a hey, just you know, let us know your feedback about something or you know, if you want this extra free resource we've got for you, then just reply back and I'll send it to you. Those yep. kind of things you can do to try and um, kind of gain that extra trust. But also there's a service called Sparkloop, um, sparkloop.app, which I've just started looking into. It's a it's a newsletter referral um, kind of system out there where you, you have your newsletter or your emails or whatever you're doing, which you can email out to your subscribers. And you embed this, you know, little HTML box at the bottom or wherever you want it in there that essentially says, um, if you can refer somebody to sign up to my mailing list, then here is what I will give you. And you can set your own predefined one referral, five referrals, 50, whatever it is. And that, I think, is a really fantastic way. Like I said, I've only just signed up for it. But to be able to give away maybe you know 50 referrals, you get a month's free IT support. Or 50 referrals, you get an hour or four hours worth of my time. I'll come on site and work strategy with you. Just things like that, that again, you are legitimately giving them something that's valuable and costs you time or money to deliver. You can, of course, put in there, you know, more lead gen material, more templates, more, you know, whatever it might be. But I thought that is a fantastic way to really try and get engagement in your newsletters to just unlock some extra, you know, extra referrals. Because, hey, if your subscribers are really enjoying your content, they're going to know people, particularly if they're in your, in your niche, in your local area, if you built that kind of, kind of network that you like, then why wouldn't you want them to recommend them to their network of accountants or something if you're providing that kind of level of, uh, of value in there? So yeah, sparkloop.app, just uh, thought I'd throw that in there. No kind of, no opinions on it of it yet. I think I literally sent out my first email uh, two days ago, um, which I haven't even had the time to check in on yet and see how it's gone. But yeah, well worth checking out. Can you can you spell it out for us? Because I'm, I'm just Googling and I, I didn't get a hit. It's sparkloop.app. Ah, loop. Okay. Spark loop to app. I'll put it in the uh, in the private chat between us if we can get that onto the uh, the main chat, Andrew. Maybe, but yeah, um, but yeah I've, I've seen a few other people use it for to kind of rapidly grow their um, their newsletters to like thousands of people. 
Um, it's just a, a little bit of code. You design the rewards. So you, you can even then automate lots of rewards. So it will tie in with places like Active Campaign. Um, I'm not sure about Tech Tribes one, but um, you can trigger it with Zapier or Zapier, depending yeah. on how you call it. If, so if it'll once you reach Zapier. this referral level, it will then send them an email with the reward, with the PDF, with the link to book a meeting, whatever it might be. Uh, yeah, that was a little, little thing I learned recently. Yeah. So let's see here. Uh, we've got a couple. Theo Neal just joining us. So, yep, it's a new time slot. Yeah, all kinds of new stuff this week. So, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Did we miss any of the other comments? So, we talked about Google Ads. Uh, Tony, I put that in the uh, the link in the chat as well, if you want to grab that PDF. You'll also notice one of the things I did on that page. If you go to that page and then you try to move off of that page, you'll get a pop-up that says, hey, here's my free lead magnet. That's another thing that works super well. Like anybody who goes and checks me out, goes to that resource. If they move off to the page, I'm going to say, Hey, before you go, here's the 10 thing. Here's my 10 things checklist. So and what do you use for that? Is that part of your CRM system that does that? Or is that like another bit of code you've added in from somewhere? Um, that's based, that's off of my website. I got a WordPress website. It's in Elementor uh, is what we use as the, it, it's a pop-up builder inside of Elementor. And you can tell it, you know, when to put that pop-up on there. It's an exit intent pop-up. And yes, those of you who are in the tech tribe, Growably does have that as well. So that'll have that built in. Um, and yeah, it's just one more shot of getting somebody. And again, it's first name, email address. Here's, here's free stuff. And it works. And you, you talked about another thing, though, Pete, too, is templates. Templates, cheat sheets, those are the things, those are the type of things that people will give you their information for. You give me a template or something that I can use in Outlook or Teams, you guys all have that. I know you do, but you'd be surprised how many people will give you that because they don't want to do the work. If, if you can bypass the 20 minutes it's going to take me to get that template, I will give you my information to get that. And that's what you want. You don't you know, people don't want an assessment. I mean, it's I don't know but I don't know what it is in the UK. We equate that with getting or an audit. That is like the worst <laughs> one. I'm like here in the United States that is associated with the Internal Revenue Service and <laughs> so that is the equivalent of going and getting a colonoscopy. So don't, don't put the word audit on your website. <laughs> I've had people tell me that. I've I've had attorneys tell me that. They're like, "You put the word audit on there, I'm out." It's a, it's a pain. It's a painful thing. People, okay, that is a very uncomfortable process. I don't want that, and they will bounce. But if hey, you give me ten things I can do, or a template for a piece of software that I'm using, I'm in. I, I will. You save me thirty minutes of my time. I will give you my information. Uh, and that's that's what works. It's so true. I, I as I think back to how I ended up signing up for HubSpot, it's because I kept seeing messages from them were like, "Hey, here's you know a hundred free stock images that you guys can use in your marketing." And I was like, "Oh, cool. Okay, click. Yep. <laughs> Here are my details. Here are five email templates. Oh, cool. Okay. I pop in some more details. And you're right. This as as you've been talking, I've literally just been going." This is super simple. I can make a list of 10 things and make a PDF. I, I can do that. We can put that on a landing page. We have WordPress and Elementor. I could have a pop-up. Um, this, is, this is all super simple stuff. And then knowing that cadence of, you know, set up an email uh, follow-up of eight emails, two to three days apart, maybe add some more value or put another, you know, but keep it short. I'm, yeah, I love this. I'm learning so much. I, I said I'd, I would be the voice of the audience today because this is something for me to really learn from. But this is all, this is easy, right? This, again, this isn't instant, you know, hundreds of thousands of leads. But you've had this running since 2014 and just had that consistency in the background. And now it's just, I mean, it's probably SEO to death by this stage. If you search for any of those terms, you're here because it's been there for for eight years. But now it's just like just consistently running in the background, consistently bringing in leads, adding to the mailing list. And I loved when you talked about um, like niching, maybe into a vertical accountants or, you know, solicitors, that kind of thing. 
Well, okay. Actually, if we start to segregate them in the uh, in like an active campaign in our mailing lists as well, we can now start to send them more interesting, more relevant mail threads. So those those follow on emails can be aligned. We could you know we could write eight emails and just slightly tailor the language for each of those verticals. But then when they read it, it really feels like it's kind of personalized and for their industry. Yep. So yeah, I'm I'm at this stage. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Already for me, this what thirty six minutes gold. <laughs> and that was the thing that is like I always, as an MSP, I'm like, okay, I know the tech. I know, you know what I mean. We just get stuck in that, and marketing is just this thing that I don't, I'm not, can't wrap my head around. And I made it way more complicated than it ever needed to be. And then when I started, okay, how do, how am I going to just start collecting names? That's it. How, where do I start with that? What are the simple things? And I did what everybody else did. I'm going to, oh, okay. I'm, I wrote a book. Well, that's great, but nobody reads it. And, you know, it was great for taking the next level, which is converting a sale that next level up in the loop. When I've got an appointment with somebody and I send this little kit ahead of time with my book in it, with my printed newsletter in it, with the, other things of value to them. And then when I walk into that sales meeting and you see that sitting on the desk, now I've up my game. And, you know, that's where, when you get to that level, that's where the marketing complexity gets a little bit more. But just getting the name and starting a list is really the easy part. I mean, it's like you said, Scott, how, you know, you probably could create today five ebooks, 10 things about you need to do first in teams. It, it's simple, T you know, 10 things that a newbie needs to do inside of teams to get started. Um, you know, what are some others? I, well, I know we're going to have people watching this after the fact. Let's just brainstorm and give people a couple ideas. What would you what would you guys have for an MSP? Oh, this is where I really suck because I have no idea. <laughs> what, what type of things that could you guys do? What like a template? Is there any kind of templates or maybe just like a structure that you set up for somebody inside of Teams when you take over a new account? It's gonna be, yeah, it's going to be like an onboarding, offboarding checklist, maybe things that you can do with um, the Microsoft 365 account, any things you didn't know your 365 account can do. That's another thing because you're already yep. paying for it. And yep. there's so many things in there that even we probably don't know because there's new things every other week. Maybe just how to get the most out of your 365 without having to... Uh, not not like can what well, like Canonly because there's bookings built into 365. I think it's still there. I haven't yep. used it for a long time. But um, you could do you, know, you could do ten apps you're paying for when you've already got it in 365. Yep. Yeah. Like straight away. Because if I'm if I'm a prospect and I hit that web page and I see that I'm gonna be that's immediately it's creating FOMO. I'm gonna okay. Am I am I doing those ten things? What are those ten apps that I'm probably paying for that I'm not getting the most out of? Oh, okay. I'm going to give you my name and uh, here's my name and email address. Simple. Okay. Now I can say, you know, 10, you know, whatever it is, 10 things that you're, you need to have on your website. And I start with 10 things. It just, it could be five things. It doesn't need to be 10, but yeah, you literally could sign up for Canva. If you don't have it, it's free. Type the word checklist, type your 10 things in there, slap your logo on it, save it as a PDF. I now have a lead magnet. Super. I like the website checklist. I think that's a great one because there's yeah. so many simple things like, do you have your phone number in there? Is there a call to action? You know, those kind of simple things that most people, or not most people, but a lot of people do miss out. Yeah. You can so easily put that into a checklist. Yeah, and that's what people want, the simple stuff. So, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. do you guys have apps or like templates that you think of like Word, Excel mm -hmm. templates or Teams templates or Outlook templates? that you could put up on your website, hey, download this free template that will do this inside of Teams. I mean, I don't know what it is. I don't use Teams. That's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I think that's the thing, though, because also where, where I'm, I always struggle because I'm like, I'm an IT company. What can I create that's got anything to do with IT? But it doesn't have to have anything to do with IT because you're trying to create something that's valuable for them, not for yeah. you. Exactly. And that's, and, that's, and that goes outside of what I know because now I'm like, well, I don't know how to run any other business other than IT business. So what do I know? <laughs> it, it's, you know, you can even do dumb stuff like here's, here's a free signature, you know, template for Outlook. 
because most people, you know, don't think about investing in something, you know, that adds the signatures on automatically, like Exclaimer, one of those products. So everyone's kind of handmade their own kind of sort of template thing, or you know, everyone's got individual styles. You know, like, nice, nice little template. You can just import it straight into Outlook. Here you go. Uh, you know, pop in, pop in here. You can use Canva to make this bit, and then pop this into Word. Uh, sorry, into Outlook. It's really simple. Uh, but I, I love the whole thing. Like maybe just even like. 10 ways to make sure that you're sharing data safely with your clients. Because again, there's so many different ways to share data inside 365, but then oftentimes people don't know how to do it. So they end up using Box or Dropbox or um, what's the one we always use for media? We transfer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, look, from the chat, the top five IT policies your business needs. Yep. Great gold. Away. Yeah. Thank you, Webman Tech. Yeah. That's awesome. Absolute gold. So we, I mean, you could sit and brainstorm these things all day and it literally yeah. could take you less than an hour to come up with those things, go into Canva, create it, save the template uh, as a PDF. And if you have a WordPress website, you create a template for a landing page for yep. you do it once. It's all about, like you said, Scott, it's about creating systems. So now if I create a lead magnet that is, okay, like five IT policies, your business needs. And then I have that running in the background. And then next month, I can do another one. Guess what? You, after 12 months, you now have 12 working lead generation campaigns, processes, systems inside your business where you're getting leads without doing any more work. And that's what for me is I only want to do the work once. And, mm. you know, it's all about evergreen content. We're talking about things that are evergreen, five IT policy. It might change a little bit those exact policies, but the, the template stays the same. If something yeah, that, changes that's the thing that's there, worth saying there is that the, um, the top five IT policies don't just tell them what they are, like spend the money, spend the time, give them the actual policies. Cause that's the valuable thing. Yep. Even if, and kind of where I'm coming from, even if you have to spend money on someone to write it or someone to just make it look pretty and style it up with, with, you know, an easy to use thing that they can just slap their logo on or something spend the time and effort on something that's good because the good stuff is the stuff that will get the attention, not the same kind of guides that everyone else is putting out because that's just what they've seen in 12 other places already. Yeah. yeah the actual, the actual documents themselves. Yeah. Top, top three things that your acceptable use policy needs to have. What's an acceptable oh, yeah. use policy. Do we have one? Here's a template, you know yeah. what I mean? It's, I, these are the things you have to have. And that was super easy. We all have it. Just give I was immediately thinking of, we have Cyber Essentials here uh, that mm. is essential in the U.S. Drew, what, what do you have in the United States that's Cyber Essentials equivalent? I forget the name of it. Uh, there's a couple. NIST is the big one here, NIST, yeah. uh, the standards there. Um, but yeah, just, you know, it could be, it doesn't have to be 10. It could be three. No, it no, th this is what I was thinking. Yeah. For a lot of those, when we look at cyber essentials here in the UK, there's, um, there's a whole set of kind of yes and no questions that are really, really simple to answer. And then there are some that you, you might need a technical policy or you might need a people policy. And again, those are the bits where people stumble to get those things filled in. I know when we've worked with clients, we said, well, let us help you through the 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 you know, the sorry audit uh, process for cyber essentials and we've helped with those answers actually a lot of that stuff is boilerplate so again you could say hey here are you know three or four of the things you really need to pass your cyber essentials and it's just value it's genuine value to go you can answer the rest of these questions yourself but here are the the tricky ones and we've given you a guide as to how to do that yeah, and it's you know to, to me it's the simplicity of just getting getting them on your list uh, is super important. But there's actually what I found too, and one of the things that we've been doing internally is taking that another step further when they download that whatever it is that checklist that template. When they go to the next page, it actually takes them to a page, and this is where everybody's going to chicken out on this, but trust me is having a video that shows them how to use said tool. I only got to record it once. It only needs to be less than 10 minutes and anything longer than 10 minutes. Again, 10 things you can do in 10 minutes. 
I record a video, I put it on that page. And then what I do is I educate them. This is how you can use this for your business. By the way, this little component here is part of our signature solution. This is just a small part of what we do for your business. If you'd like to talk more, again, button to book time on my calendars below. I've only got to record that once. But mm -hmm. when you go through the part of educating them, video is, you can't get any more powerful than this. I'm educating you. You now know, like, and trust me. And then if you trust me enough and have a problem enough right now, this minute, I'm going to click and book an appointment on your calendar. And that's this is exactly what I needed to hear because I've, I've done the complete opposite way around. I've done the video side of things, of course, you know, with, with what I do. But so I've just created a like a lead gen campaign for like the coaching course side of things, which is um, eight, eight ways to grow your MSP. And there's a, like a half an hour video kind of webinar, workshop, seminar. I don't want to call it a seminar because that sounds horrible. Um, yeah. But there's like a half an hour video to explain how, like, how it all works. I, I could just create, a, yeah, Eight, eight thing checklist of like the eight things you need and then off the back of that create another eight emails that explains each one in detail like yep. it's so simple i could have done that ages ago <laughs> yeah, and it's you know and that's where you know one of the things that once it's created again it's in a system it's in a system mm. and that's where you've got a process it's running evergreen i yeah. really never have to change much of anything and that's where you make your videos evergreen you're not talking specific dates and things like that the videos live on. I've only got to sit and record them once a month. And again, if you do one lead generation campaign per month with one video teaching them how to use it, after 12 months, you have 12 working lead magnets and your list is growing. I guarantee it. Um, That's very similar to the way I approach just like marketing as general for an MSP. So I, I guess I, I call them pillars, like marketing pillars is could be yep. emails, one of them, videos, another one, maybe social campaigns, another one. But to uh, do one per month and then every month forward, you just then learn to maintain the last one. So if you start off with, you know, Google ads this month, you spend, you know, spend 10 grand on Google ads, you know what you're <laughs> doing now. So the next month you then look at video marketing and maybe you spend you know a, a day or maybe a few hours just tweaking the Google ads from a month before. Figure out Google marketing, move on to the next one, and don't really keep any more than I don't know, like three to five of those going at any one time. Just as you're trying to figure out which ones work, which ones are worth the money, which ones are getting the ROI. But there's that kind of disconnect between uh, ROI for a lot of those longer tail things like the videos, maybe like the lead gen. You might got get get some direct kind of you know inquiries off the back of the lead gen. It could take a very very long time that happen so in terms of like so, you, so you're building the list you've segmented the list you maybe you've categorized people into their little kind of the little, little silos what do you do or, or how do you know when people are ready to buy i'm guessing it's you, you get that call booked or there's there's the hot lead that comes in off the back of an inquiry at some point the biggest thing that i think i see a lot of people miss out on is that when the lead comes in they just wait they yeah. sit there and go we should probably phone them back, shouldn't we? And then they kind of sit there the next day and say, Tom, have you phoned him back yet? No, Dave, have you phoned him back yet? Should we phone him back? And it's just those kind of things, drive, kind of along the lines with the, the whole like MSPs don't answer their phone thing that really drives me nuts. But um, if an inquiry comes in, you want to go back to them as soon as possible. Like if you can, like drop what you're doing, pick up the phone and phone them. Because that has been so powerful a lot of the time when I've had those inquiries come through. Like to be the first person that's gone on the phone with them, to be the first person to have those conversations. Because once you're like second or third on the list, they're kind of bored because they've already explained the same things to like once or twice already. So if you can be that person that's kind of like, oh, these are really good questions. You know, they're very, you know, very well thought out. And even though they're the same questions that most businesses probably ask of people, yep. but at least if you can get in there first, get the information first, get the quote back to them first as well you're already ahead of the pack. And the frustrating thing, I think it was on LinkedIn, I saw the other day um, uh, from somebody got their quote in first and they were now waiting because the the second or third rung on the ladders hadn't submitted their quote yet. And it'd been like a week later. It's just like, but but why are you waiting? Like if you're taking a, a week to wait for a quote and we were there within 24 hours, surely that's not a good indicator that they're any good for you if they can't turn a quote over in a week. Yeah. Um, and that's also, and this is kind of moving on a bit from the actual kind of lead gen itself, but 
is is one of the big frustrations is that people I you know people I coach I, I talk to them week on week and they're sat there with x many thousands of pounds or dollars worth of quotes sat in their system I'm sure Scott sat on some I was always sat on some quotes that I just hadn't got around to but when you look at it and people say to me oh, I've got about you know, eighty thousand dollars worth of quotes sat in the system that I haven't got out yet it's like and, and you know, what's your closing rate? Oh, about 50%. Okay, so that's about $40,000 worth you've got sat there. Maybe hire someone if you haven't got the time to go and do that. Because if you can close 40 grand's worth of quotes within you know a month or two, they're probably going to pay for themselves very, very quickly. And it's just stepping back and looking at those figures. And Scott's now looking very scared. <laughs> oh, no, you're, I, I have to admit, we we don't have any outstanding quotes right now. We're, we're quite hot yeah. on getting the quotes out. But you know what I put that down to? Totally different topic is we've packaged so many of our kind of services. So when we have the conversation with a client, we generally have the conversation that is, well, the, well this is what we're going to do. This, this is where you are and this is how we're going to get you there rather than the solution selling conversation. Oh, what would you like to achieve? And what are your pain points? We generally walk in and go, this is what good looks like. Let's see where you are. We'll get you there. We'll get you from A to B. So Everything's kind of packaged up. So we have like the scope of works and the proposal materials and those things are ready to go. So we can be really agile around turning around when we have a conversation. It's with someone who can actually do the work generally rather than, um, you know, a salesperson or an intermediary. It's one of the consultants is kind of on that first call. And then we will send out the quotes, send out the proposal. Like I, I know we did a call yesterday at 11 o'clock and the, the full quote went out to them in the afternoon. Um, so we know, I know we're quite hot on that. Just yeah. blow my own trumpet for a second. I might be rubbish at building an email list, but we get quotes out pretty quickly. <laughs> you know, and it's, you know, again, to go back, there has to be a process. I yeah. would say 99% of the folks out there do not have a documented, repeatable sales process. Hmm. And that's where it's it's okay if we get everybody on a list, but like you said, Pete, if they take the next step and book time on my calendar, that's when people are like, okay, now what? What do I ask in the discovery meeting? How do I, how do I show them what I do? People don't care. It's all about their goals at that point. And again, if your marketing is already speaking to those things, you're speaking their language, you're speaking of the conversation going on in their head. That's all that discovery call is like you, like you hit the nail on the head, Scott, how do I get you from point A to point B? We have a system. This is our roadmap that we're going to walk you through. And again, that's how your marketing's different because your system might be, it's different than everybody else's. How you achieve getting them from point A to point B to help them reach their business goals, their personal goals is different than everybody else is going to do it. So I think there's one thing I'll add on to the end of that because it's it's slightly related, but the question that I'll also come across is, well, how how the hell do you have enough time to put all this together? Like, when do I do it? I'm so busy running my MSP. There's all the other things going on. I've got clients with problems. I've got new clients coming in for quotes. I've got staffing issues, you know, whatever it is, hiring people. How do I find the time to build this material, to write the eight steps to whatever it is, to write those eight emails and the, the best suggestion I've got, I think, for that is to do this thing, like the 90 minutes that I've, I've spoken about a few times. So find 90 minutes in your day where you just switch off everything, like all the distractions, your email client closed down, your phone off, your door closed, whatever it is. And I, I was writing this to an email to one of my coaching clients the other day. So my, I always feel really bad when I'm taking time off work. So my kind of self-gratification of like, okay, I'm going to earn my time off. I'm going to come into work an hour earlier every day. And that hour is going to be my kind of time where I work on the business, not in the business. And then by the time it got to Friday, I'd then basically spend, it was actually like 90 minutes, more so like eight till half nine. So by the time it got to Friday, I'd spent seven and a half extra hours on my business that week, you know, a full working day, essentially from just those 90 minute sessions. Well, I've now earned Friday afternoon off because I put the extra work in elsewhere in the business. You know, I, I was very kind of, you know, I put the pressure on myself to do things as, as lots of MSP owners do. But yeah, just by turn up an hour early, or if you're not, an, I'm not a morning person, but you could do them in the morning, do them in the evening when there's no calls. I think the thing for me was to do it outside of business hours as well. It's good because you know there's no disasters. There's no people phoning, no staff are wanting you, no clients are wanting you. You can just crack on with whatever it is to, to build the business. So find the time 
and just set those kind of goals of like, okay, I'm going to use this time to write the lead gen material. I'm going to write those emails. I'm going to design that PDF thing. And then maybe I'll throw it to someone else, like a VA to style it up or put it into Canva or whatever it is. But yeah, use that time to develop those things, set it up, away you go, like Andrew said. And then the next time you get that time, you will focus on the next thing. Or maybe you start on segregating your list more or sending other emails to the list. And there's the whole kind of once you've, you know, once you've got the clients in that list in the CRM system, all the email notifications, the critical alerts you want to send out, the marketing stuff you want to send them, product updates when Microsoft release new products, whatever it's going to be. Um, you can spend some time doing that to kind of nurture your existing clients. Because it's the um, two key things is you want to get new clients, but you want to keep the existing clients so they don't go off and get bored or you know move over to someone else. So yeah. there's those two things that I would spend your time doing in those 90-minute sessions of like get the new clients in, keep the, new, keep the existing clients happy, and that's the time when I would do it. 90 minutes every single day. Even if you can't afford 90 minutes, 30 minutes is still better than nothing. Just find that little gap in your diary and, and try and get time to do it. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the first things that I do with any of my coaching clients. My Calm MSP framework is the, the first three steps are unlearning what you're doing right now. <laughs> and that is the first one. It, it, it is about un, unlearning what you're doing with your day. Mm-hmm. And calendar, I'm a huge fan of calendar and task batching. And that's where I help them. We just did this with a client last week. I literally spent an hour batching his calendar out to make sure that you are making time for marketing, for sales, for support, for creating fans, increasing your, you know, the efficiency of your, of your sales process. But every single week you are touching every single part of your business. If it's for me and, and I think, Scott, you would probably relate to this too as a, as a current MSB. If it's not on my calendar and it's not <laughs> scheduled time, I'm probably never going to get to it. Yep. Yeah, and, completely. And, and like you, it, it, that's the second thing I do with them. And when we're on coaching calls, I don't want to hear teams going off. I don't want your email going. That is your time for you. And you have to have that time. Um, I think, you know, as MSPs, we think that, okay, we have to be hyper-connected all hours of the day. I don't think that there's a time in running my business for 10 years that if, when I took an hour out, that my business completely fell apart. If I took an hour and turned everything off, then my business fell apart. But we believe that it will, or it could, or it might. It won't. If, you, if your business falls apart and inside of an hour, you have bigger problems than just being able to set aside an hour. Um, and I think that if you don't block that time out, you're never going to get to those things. It, it just, you know, it's the same with documentation. That's on your calendar. For me, that's Thursdays. Thursdays, I work on operations. We create SOPs. We look at systems, process, automations. But you know, Friday afternoons when I ran my MSP, this is the other thing I encourage every MSP to do, is debrief your service desk with your team. Turn everything off for an hour. We, and again, I believed we couldn't do that. But when I started doing that and we blocked from one o'clock to two o'clock on Friday afternoons to debrief our service desk for the week, our whole goal was how do we eliminate those tickets from ever coming in? How do we, is it user education? Is it hardware? Whatever it is, how do we eliminate that from coming in in the first place? And if it did have to come in, how do we automate the solution? And I made my techs responsible for that. But we started scheduling that time every single week. We readjusted expectations with our clients and said, hey, our service desk is going to be closed from 1 to 2 on Friday afternoons. This is why. And when customers understand that it's about making your process better to serve them better, your business isn't going to fall apart. You have to have that time for yourself as a business owner as well. Um, And again, whether it's 30 minutes or 90 minutes, that time has to be blocked out on your calendar. If you know, if it won't, if it's not, it won't get done. Did we miss any awesome. questions in there? I think Chris Tim just jo- he joined us as well. Uh, everything is automated when an opportunity status changes. Email is generated automatically with a Zoom link, and then follow up. If we don't hear. Yeah, everything can be automated these days. Uh, but again, it's just about creating systems and process once. Then you don't have to worry about it. And, and that's the nice thing I'm taking away from today because I'm looking at everything we've talked about and said, 
I can do this and have at least one of these in place before we meet again next week. Yep. Like that, I, that was my I, goal as well. <laughs> I was going to do the yeah. same. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't know, if you're, if you're watching, I think you should sign up for this goal. There's no reason why you can't go make a checklist of 10 things that's valuable for your target clients and pop them on a landing page and have them done in the next seven days. Yep. Because then we can all start to build up those mailing lists. If you're, if you're already way ahead of, of me and, and my guys here, cool. Um, you're already doing that really well. But uh, I've, I've learned that I, I'm going to go and do that in the next seven days. And so I'd love to be back here next week and you guys go, okay, show, show me your landing page because it's going to be done. Um, because that, that, the nice thing that I've, I've heard as well is, like, we're going to do this once. And if we need to make tweaks to the content, maybe the checklist changes over time, that's cool. Because the landing page is done, the email automation is done, the market segmenting, the follow-up emails, they're all done. The only thing I'm doing is changing maybe Microsoft to change the name of the products again. When does that happen? But they've probably changed that, and so I just need to update that. Challenge accepted. I love it. Yep. Yes. Yes. Accountable session next week. Yes. Let's do it. I'm going to add that to the document for next week's call. Yes. I'm putting these up here as we get those so they burn in the And video. you know what I'm doing? I'm putting them in my calendar because otherwise yes. it doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, and it, right? the thing of it is, if you've got a list going, you've got lead magnets going, here's my other challenge to you too. Take it to the next step. And then the landing page after they fill in the information, the sales page, if you will, to get that free thing, put a video up there. Show them how to use that tool. And how it fits into the greater process of what you do for them. And again, super simple, three to five minutes will, is better than nothing. You're creating rapport, you're building value. You will see a difference in getting them to book time on your calendar, I promise you. I, I'm, I'm really booking myself in, um, in for Thursday. Thursday's my day. For those of you who are being accountable, Thursday's yep. my day to get this done. I'm going to be really cheeky, Andrew. Could you, um, if the uh, audience are willing, could you, could you test my landing page for me? <laughs> uh, let's go. I've, I just I've, put it in there. I've created this. This is my like eight steps webinar that I was mentioning earlier where I'm, I obviously need to create some kind of collateral um, to use that instead. But I'd love for if anyone's watching or listening to go to that URL, notabusinesscoach.com slash eight dash steps dash registration. And just let me know what you think. I, I'd love to know if it works, uh, if, if even the system works once you sign up your details and it gives you the, the video and stuff. But uh, but yeah, there's my... It's perfect. My, and, and the thing of it is, is you created a template out of this. So now when I go to hmm. the le- next lead magnet, all I have to do is change the bits that are for that lead magnet. What, yeah. what is the next checklist? So you've got, you've got video in there. You've got simple form. What am I going to get for this? And then you've got testimonials. We could talk all day about like that. That's a different segment with growing your list to yeah. uh, getting them to that next step to book time on your calendar, which obviously we want them to become good a client. Morning, good afternoon. So, yeah, we should talk about oh, that. Someone found uh, it. Maybe, yeah, there we go. <laughs> so, Sorry. Perfect. Yeah. So, yep. So, Theo said, yep, first impression, Pete. Love it. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. And again, think about what works for you. What gets you to sign up for, to get whatever it is? And think about, use that psychology in building your MSP uh, lead gener. It doesn't have to be hard. Promise. Nice one. Should we call it there? We've just about gone over time, I think, unless um, we've got any last-minute questions from, uh, from the audience. So I was looking through and make sure I didn't miss any, so... So just for those that are listening in or tuning in now or wondering what the heck we're doing at this time of the day, have a look um, at, uh, have a look. I'm just trying to read Scott's message. He just picked across. Don't have a look at that. Um, <laughs> we are we are now going to try this time out. It, it clashes with Nigel's kind of tea time, I guess, uh, his, his kids' family time in the evening. So we're going to try out this slot now. So this is like 4 o'clock UK time, 4 to 5 p.m. Uh, what time is it where you are, Andrew? Is it like 11 a.m.? 11 a.m., yeah. So... Yeah. So 11 till 12 a.m. roughly. And we're just going to run with this for a few weeks and just um, hopefully just catch a different audience as well because there's a um, you know, completely different UK versus US versus Australian audience. And um, and yeah, just get engaged in the chat. If you're new here, we'd love to kind of see you chatting away in, in, in kind of the right-hand side there where we can see the chat coming through. And more of the same. We're going to come up for a new topic next week like we always do, come up with a new topic each week, figure out what we're going to do, check in and see if Scott's done his checklist uh, and yeah, see if anyone I'm else has it. done their checklist as well. <laughs> yeah, so just to, to kind of reiterate, I got two LinkedIn connection requests from this show. 
Nice. So fantastic. Video. I didn't get any. I mean, if just putting it out there. Yeah. (laughs) I now have people that I can start a conversation with. That's all. That's our goal in marketing. We got to start a conversation with somebody who even knows who we are. So, yeah. Just saying. Nicely done. Quite a few people. Um, I got got two as well. Yeah. Oh, go away. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. We're going to carry on running with the channels we've got, the same YouTube channel, even though I know it's the Tech Tribe, but the Tech Tribe is still going to help us run this as well. So it's, it's not like we've ditched Nigel on the Tech Tribe now. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the, the podcast is still under the same name, Behind the Geeks, so on your favorite platforms. YouTube channel, YouTube slash the Tech Tribe still there. And, um, and yeah, we'll have Richard on, hopefully, next week joining us as yeah. well. And if um, you're not a Tech Tribe member, join today. You're going to get a free CRM to implement the things that we taught you today. <laughs> Um, yeah, at some point he's going to start charging for that. So, but if you're already a tech tribe member, you're going to get it grandfathered in. So I will make, and there'll be a link below. I'm pretty sure there's links below for the um, 40% off deal for the uh, the tech tribe as well. Yep. So awesome. Awesome. Good to be with you guys today. It's, uh, an honor to fill Nigel's orange shoes. So (laughs) I I, I, I texted the person that I spoke to after I saw my MSP. It was the first live stream podcast video th- interview thing that I did after selling my MSP. So it's um yeah, two years two years now. That's uh it's crazy, crazy how fast it's gone. And and it's the thing, you and I met through live streaming. Mm. Scott and I met through yeah. live live streaming. Yeah. So yeah. Again, maybe that's a future topic. I think if <laughs> you want to talk about marketing and in the Wild West and nobody's doing it. Anyway, let's just say. There we go. That's next week's topic sorted. There we go. <laughs> got that figured out. So I got two years worth of data that I can give you as far as <laughs> what live streaming has done. Um, and I and by the way, I don't. You you guys have both watched my live streams. I don't sell anything. Yeah. But I get business out of it. So just saying. <laughs> All right, guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Thanks, Andrew, for joining us too. See you next awesome. week and. Uh, More stuff next time. Cheers. All right.